0: The Sports Talk with Devin Wade Breedcast. Well, Any given Sunday, anything can What having. we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome, welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Briefcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Briefcast, 41 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Of course, uh, the briefcast that when I come to you guys solo without my special teams unit. But this is a hybrid, and I'll tell you why in just a little bit. But first and foremost, thank you so much for listening, for telling friends, for uh, contacting folks around the country, letting them know about what we're doing here, sharing on social media. That's huge. If you share it on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, that is huge for us, and we certainly appreciate that. So thank you. Don't know how you found us, but want to remind you guys, you can find us on iTunes, tune TuneIn, uh, what, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, And of course on KTSU radio.com where all of the podcasts will be housed. But most importantly, you can go to the website and get all of that. That's Wade's word productions.com. Have you been yet? Why not? Why have you not gone to the website? We need you to go to the website. It's one stop shopping. It's all things sports talk with Devin Wade. It's all things. We, the people. It's also the Friday express. It's where you can find out about our sponsors and links to our sponsors. And you can shop on Amazon. And when you do through our website, you support the podcast. So all of those things are very important. Wadeswordproductions.com. Subscribe so you can get the updates, the emailed updates that I send out to you guys periodically. I don't blow you up every day, but periodically we do send out emails so you guys know what's going on and what's new with the podcast. So that's a big, big deal. The other way to be interactive, there are several ways. The other way to be interactive is by calling the Sports Talk with Devin Wade 24-hour-a-day line. That's 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. There you can comment. You can ask questions. You can make recommendations. Hey, why don't you talk more lacrosse? You can do that. You can call me and ask me that. Why don't you talk more bowling? 832-941-6614. 832-941-6614. I'm not sure, but if we get enough phone calls, guess what we'll talk about? We'll talk bowling. So all of that is available to you, and your call might just be used in our Weed the People segment on an upcoming podcast. So it's a very interactive way for us to uh, to move this podcast forward. And uh, again, 832-941-6614 in addition to all of that october is national breast cancer awareness month and we have something special coming up with that and uh, a lot more but let's preview what's going to happen in this episode we will hit the brand new segment so we can talk about what's brand new with me in addition to that it's still called the Blues. If you lost, if you I did not cover, if your team lost, if your school lost, it's still called the Blues. That segment is coming up. And then, hey, if you did win and some of the guys who really got off, maybe they were on your fantasy team or maybe you just need to know who got off and not only who was nice, but who was D nice. We have the D nice segment coming up and then we'll take a time out and come back with biscuit and we'll talk some NFL and a number of other things, whatever we get into, he'll be on the phone line and we can chop it up for a little bit with him. Then after that, we'll take a time out and come back with Moisés Kapinda Bauer and get geared up for major league baseball playoffs. The Astros are just everything right now. They are every it's almost too good to be true how good they are with the first three starters in their starting rotation. I'm telling you, it feels so good. It feels like this is going to happen again. Moiske Penderbauer tells us all about the playoffs and the Astros' chances because we're certainly going to ask him. In addition to that, we are going to have the Lamont Award. That's when we uh, recognize the big dummy of the week. And then, before I let go. So without further ado, let's get into what's brand new.
1: Brand new, brand new,
0: brand new. What's brand new with me is football, football, and more football. Doing a lot of football. I mean, I pretty much every day I'm doing something. Either it's fantasy, daily fantasy. I am the color analyst for Texas Southern Tiger football. Not going well. So far, season's kind of rough for us. But you know what? There is talent on that Texas Southern Tiger team. Don't sleep on the Texas Southern Tigers. And, and I'll tell you what. I mean, look, offensively, we have some guys skill position that can do something. But right now, defensively, uh, that team is really, really, really struggling. So this week, the Tigers travel to Alabama A&M, and I may or may not be going. Depends on my guy, uh, Larry the Chatterbox Hill. He's, if he's bouncing back and he can go and he's 100%, he'll hit the road with the Tigers like he always does. If not... Your boy hit the road again. I'll be going to Dallas in a few weeks, but I may be going to Alabama this weekend. So we may or may not have a Thursday podcast. If we do, we have a fun one coming up for you. So you definitely want to look forward to that. But also in sort of the world outside of football. Well, this is kind of in football, but uh, the halftime show was announced. And it was uh, what? Shakira, Shakira, and J-Lo. And, and, you know, I don't know how the, the stars are aligning or the business gods in Hollywood uh, have decided this is going to be J-Lo's year. I don't know. No one called me. Nobody asked me about it. But it seems that she has this, like, stripper movie, which, again, I'm not sure that, She's age-appropriate for that role, although I don't know exactly what the role is, but she plays, like, a, oh, I guess an old-school stripper. I, I don't know. I, I, that is supposed to be uh, sort of garnering a little bit of Oscar buzz. And I guess the NFL and Jigga, because, I, I mean, Jay-Z signed a deal, right? Is he producing the halftime show? Is this his deal? I, I didn't read up on it. I just heard Shakira and J-Lo, and I yawned. And, I mean, it just... Whatever I think that the NFL has shown essentially that they don't really know how to do entertainment. They they don't. They're, they're the no fun league, and it's hard to produce a a fun field. I mean, first of all, it's a hard task anyway. Because you think if you open it wide open, what could be entertaining? I, I don't know how they can entertain at halftime. I mean, you've had everybody and Prince, you know, Prince, Michael Jackson, Beyonce, uh, Janet. Timberlake, which you should have had Janet twice, but I understand I get it, whatever. And so that is going on. So I, you know, I, I don't know how to feel about that. Once you guys give me a call, eight, three, two, nine, four, one, six, six, one, four. I don't feel a lot of outrage. I, I feel a lot of apathy. Like no one really cares. And for me who I'm football first, i am football 1st uh, it's irrelevant to me unless it's just really one of the mega stars and there are fewer and fewer of those around. So uh, I can't even let me see off the top of my head who did halftime last year. I know it was something with Big Boy and Maroon 5 and they caught hell for it and whatever. I just I don't know what they can do. It just doesn't seem like whatever it is they can do they will be able to do and whatever they're trying to do. It won't be done with JLo and Shakira, but give me your thoughts. Am I wrong? Am I sleeping on JLo? Am I sleeping on Shakira? Are they going to be out, you know, just out the box. Incredible. Let me know. I'll defer to you guys, but that was kind of a downer. I mean, even though I had no great expectations, but, you know, that's kind of a downer. And then I just, I had a horrible weekend. I had a horrible weekend fantasy football-wise, as did many season ticket holders. Just about, I, was, I think only four home teams won this week in NFL action. So I'm kind of blue this day. I'm kind of down. I, instead of starting with who was D-Nice, I just said, hey, let's start with the Blues. As bad as I feel about what happened to me in fantasy football, and again, it's not a lot of money. It's just the principle. When you think you know, and you do know, and you're knowledgeable, and things just go awry a little bit, then all of a sudden it's, you, you You get the blues. And I'm not the only one. If you are a fan of the Los Angeles Rams or the Dallas Cowboys, you have to be down. And for completely opposite reasons, you look at the Rams. You think the Rams, okay, they went to the Super Bowl. You have all of the parts. You have Jared Goff, who, okay, that's your guy. Not bad, not Maybe not everything you think he is, but not nearly as bad as Jeff Fisher thought he was. But, again, you have everything in place. And you have done it. You've been to the mountaintop. You just need to go back and finish the job. Well, you give up 55 points to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 55 points to Jameis Winston. (laughs) Wrap your head around that one. Who, by the way, has had a couple of good weeks. But 55 points. You want to feel good. You say, if I'm a Los Angeles Rams fan, I want to feel good. How do I feel good? Well, Jared Goff had 517 yards. So you feel good about that, you think. But no, he had three interceptions and a fumble. And Dominican Sue was on that team last year. Is now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He ran back a touchdown. And you allowed 385 yards and four TDs to Jameis Winston and 172 yards to Chris Godwin receiver. Not even Mike Evans. It was Chris Godwin. So where are you now? What is really going on? And furthermore, Jared Goff threw the ball 68 times. You only ran the ball 11 times. Todd Gurley is supposed to be Mr. Everything. Is he still hurt? Is he still riding a bicycle like he was in the Super Bowl? What is really going on with Todd Gurley? I just don't know, but it doesn't bode well for him. And you have to be blue if you're a Los Angeles Rams fan. Now, everywhere else around the country, people are thrilled. But if you are in Dallas... You still got the blues, and I'll tell you why. You thought you turned the corner. You thought, oh man, it is on now. Dak is looking like I don't know Roger Staubach. I don't know who, who did you who did you think that he was? I, I, is he has he returned to who we thought he was? I I don't know. But you thought he was the man, Ezekiel Elliott running the ball, and you did it against the likes of the Dolphins, the Giants, and the Redskins. Oh, the, the vaunted defense of those three teams. Well, you came tumbling back to earth with just one. T- touchdown and i'll tell you what you struggled mightily and i'll get to the individual parts of the struggles a little bit later on but i want to tell you this you struggled only scoring one touchdown but not against the bay and not against the number one defense in the nfl the patriots this happened against the new orleans saints a saints team without a offensive threat on the other side to sustain long drives so i'm sure you got a couple of extra possessions because drew Brees wasn't there but you did this against a saints team 27 points a game teddy bridgewater is the quarterback then this is what you did so the question is for a lot of folks around the country saying i told you so just wait just wait just wait well hey is this it jury's still out but at least for a couple of days in dallas she's still got the blues going 45 south out of dallas is not much better than houston houston is struggling offensively and you know what here's the thing about the houston texans offense on paper they look like a phantom but in reality, they're Christ of 300. I mean, this they're just not what you think they are. You have Deshaun Watson. You have the, one of the top two or three receivers in the entire NFL, and DeAndre Hopkins. You have a running back by committee. You have a first rounder or two first rounder worthy. Uh, Laramie Tunzel at left tackle. You have Kenny Steels who got banged up, and you have uh, the uh, the other kid, the, the speed burner Will Fuller. You have all of these pieces, and and just everything you think you would want. And again. For the second time in a row, you scored one TD. Now that's two out of your four games where you scored one touchdown. You're struggling, and nobody can seem to find the answers. I know who I point my my finger at. All ten of them, and all ten toes, I point them at Bill O'Brien. But you know what? Hey, we'll find out. Let's see what the the quarterback whisper. Oh, he worked with Tom Brady. He worked with Tom Brady. He don't sure, certainly he can get the shot. So don't make Deshaun Watson the scapegoat because this guy can do it. We know he can do it. He's done it on every level. He did it against Alabama, and Alabama's better than half. The the Alabama defenses he defeated are better than half the defenses in the NFL now. If you go back, not really, but still, he did work at Clemson. He was clutch. He was a man. Bill O'Brien, what have you done? Not much. But, again, that's just my personal act to grind. Then if I'm Miami, Denver, Cincinnati, Washington, you have the blues forever. Now, if you want to talk individual blues, there's some blues to go around. Ezekiel Elliott, we talked about Dallas Cowboys. He had 18 carries, so he got to eat. He got to eat, but he only got 35 yards, so that offense didn't eat. He put stuff in his mouth, but they were empty calories. He only got 35 yards on 18 carries, and then you have Tom Brady. Now you hear this. I want you to hear this, Silver Fox, my co-host on KTSU Sports Talk. I want you to hear that Tom Brady went 18 for 39 for 150 yards and an interception. That's 3.8 yards per catch. And I've been predicting for years now that Brady is his age is showing. Now they're saying, well, maybe he's a little bit more banged up. We don't know. Something's not right. But, hey, we'll have to see. And my guy, Case Keenum. Man, I am blue. All the Cougs around the country are blue. And Case Keenum fans, when you root for the underdog, he's the underdog. And when you root for the underdog and he goes 6 for 11 with one interception and gets pulled, you get pretty blue. But when your first-round draft pick, Dwayne Haskins, goes 9-17 with three interceptions, you are really, really blue. 21% of the passes that were completed by the Washington Redskins the other day went to the opposite team. Four interceptions, and you only had, what, 15 completions? So there are many more around the league that have the Blues, but you can try to look up and get up if you want to. But for now, hey, it is what it is. With that, I want to acknowledge and take a moment to recognize National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And then on the other side, a conversation with Biscuit. This is Briefcast 41 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on KTSURadio.com, on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast. October is National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It's designed to increase the awareness of the disease and to raise money for the research into its cause, prevention, diagnosis, treatment, and cure. In 2019, it's estimated that nearly 332,000 cases of invasive and non-invasive breast cancers will be diagnosed. Although we can't show you that we are wearing pink, we do want to remind you to wear pink and schedule your mammogram today. In honor of October as National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we're playing a song from cancer survivor Terry Donald. Here's a snippet of Sweeter, and catch the entire track at the end of this podcast.
2: Every day is sweeter than the
0: day I opened up my heart and came in,
2: my mind and soul are free to accept those things that you have for me and live, and live
0: and truly live so so amazing how you came to save me from myself when i
1: just wanted to give in i felt that Sports Talk with Devin Wade would like to welcome our new sponsor, $5 Jewelry Paradise. With the help of actress, singer, and independent paparazzi consultant Terry Donald, you can enhance your look and treat yourself without breaking the bank. If you need a little sparkle and that just-right accessory to help you shine brighter, visit $5 Jewelry Paradise at $5JewelryParadise.com. You can also join her weekly Facebook Live Party, Thursdays at 8.45pm. Book your very own vending event or home party. And if you think you would like to earn a little extra income, you too can sling some bling by calling 832-296-1716. In addition to looking great and being inexpensive, all jewelry is nickel and lead free. So start shopping now by going to the number five, the word dollar, jewelryparadise.com. Why not treat yourself to a little sparkle so the world can see you shine?
0: Well, I talked about him—the man, the myth, the biscuit. Biscuit is here. Jordan Wade, my brother, my baby brother. And I, I put the baby brother on the explanation tonight. So, what's going on? I mean, and I guess I should call you, I should give you more respect since you beat me up in fantasy football this week.
3: Well, thank you. Thank you. You're far too kind. But, yes, uh, I did put a, a beat down, a whooping, a stomping. I stomped a mud hole in your chest, as, as some people would say. Uh, yeah, I, I did that. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that.
0: Well, we're four weeks into the NFL season, and, and mad props for winning. You you got me. I've been trying to maneuver, but we're in, we're in this league. The nobody, I don't see any trades. I see a lot of waivers and I see a lot of movement with fringe pieces, but I don't see any trades. I have proposed 17 trades and nobody, including you, nobody wants to take me up on my trades. What, what's going on in our league? that nobody wants to make transactions.
3: Well, I think everybody wants to kind of say Pat, you know what I mean? If you change a team too much, you, you never know. You know, you you pick these guys for a reason, you, you hope that the, their numbers average out over the year, and uh, you go with what you got. You know, you're the only one that's, that's trying to derail more a, your situation, you know what I mean? You just go with what you got. If you change every year, the continuity gets messed up, and no 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 telling
0: what happened. well, a lot of injuries you guys you have got teams on with players on the i r and and a lot of players who thought they had depth in certain positions don't, but anyway, enough about fantasy that's for fantasy football the fantasy football minute on Thursday, but four weeks in, what are your thoughts on the n f l season so far? what stood out to you generally before we get specific generally, what stood out for you?
3: Uh, it was a real ugly week in n f l this week I mean as far as you had a lot of low scoring games a lot of matchups that that uh you know especially like the Dallas Saints game that that was uh, supposed to be a marquee matchup it was kind of a boring game the Texans game was a boring game the Bills and the, the Patriots was was boring uh, a lot of low-scoring games. A lot of uh, the visit, visiting teams winning games. It was just a weird week this
0: week. Yeah, it was a weird weekend. I think what was it? Four home teams won and nine road teams won. So I mean, it's, it's been a, it was a crazy weekend. But we did have some explosions. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams exploded for a lot of points, but it wasn't enough because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had fifty-five points. What, I mean, what do you what, what, what do you what's your take on that?
3: I, it's crazy. I mean, the Tech uh, Bay Bucks—they keep putting, putting up big numbers. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I have honestly haven't seen the most. I saw the highlights of the game, but I mean, they were doing it defensively and offensively, as far as you know, getting take uh, turnovers and. And uh, takeaways from them and everything like that. So I mean, it was an interesting. It's interesting to see how they're able to score so many points with Jameis Winston. I mean, he's not the best quarterback. I mean, his favorite play is just to throw it up to Mike Evans, and and so far, I mean, that's been, pre- been pretty successful for him.
0: Well, Chris Godwin had 172 yards receiving for the Buccaneers this week, and, and really, the Bruce Arians Jameis Winston marriage is kind of working because they really should have beat the Giants the week before, but the uh, right. kicker missed a 34-yard field goal that prompted uh soccer player, U.S. women's soccer player, Carly Lloyd, to say, hey, I could have made a 34-yard field goal. But nonetheless, <laughs> uh, so that's going on there. What about the Houston Texans? Got to ask you about the Texans. You know, and, and I said this a little bit earlier. I said they look like a phantom, but they're really a Chrysler 300. I mean, <laughs> they, they, they look good, but they're not running well. Who do you point the blame at? Well, I mean, I I point the majority of blame on the head coach. I mean, you can't mismanage
3: your time like that, your timeouts, and and really lose the game because you made a, a silly challenge and you had to call a timeout because you couldn't get lined up. And then you had a penalty, another penalty in a crucial moment of the game where your guys didn't line up, were not able to line up properly on that. So uh, a lot of those game management things I put on Bill O'Brien, Now does Sean have a great game? No. But you're going to have that weekend, you know, every now and then, every couple weeks. The, the guys just aren't going to have a good game. They're going to come out flat. They're human, and, and these things happen. And so you as a coach have to have a better game plan. It seemed like the Panthers had a better game plan. They knew what was going on. They even knew that that the, they knew the trick play was coming. They knew that what type of trick play uh, they kind of anticipated what, what was going on, and, and Ron Rivera went out and, and made that public, pretty much saying, "Look, I, I I coach this guy." I mean, that's that's what happened. So he he put Bill O'Brien on blast. Bill O'Brien didn't do himself any favors with his time management and losing those timeouts. You know, it, it was just a tough loss at home, and we we've seen that all the, all their home games pretty much, except for the one win against Jacksonville, which should have been a loss.
0: Yeah, and and again, in two of the four games, they've only scored one touchdown. And you have explosive wide receivers, you have solid tight ends, if not standout, recognizable names. But you just and you have a quarterback that, by all accounts, I mean this guy's the truth. He may not be in the top. Uh, he may not be in the top five, but he's not certainly in the top 12, maybe top 10. I would have to think about it. I have to really look down the list, but I, it just seems like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them. And also you look at Dallas. What's the real Dallas? It was it the Dallas in the, the first three games against the, the Giants, the Redskins, and the Dolphins? Or is this what it really is? Because everybody got excited about Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott, Kellen Moore, the new offense coordinator, and Dak Prescott, you know, opening up that offense, Amari Cooper. He, I mean, the guy was looking great. Michael Gallup was getting off. I mean, it was a, it was a thing. And you thought, okay, man, this team is favored to go to the Super Bowl. What's going on in Dallas? Uh, well, I think mainly what's going on in New
3: Orleans. I mean, New Orleans has a really good defense. People are, are, are really sleeping on, on their defense there. I mean, Dallas was rolling. I mean, they had, they had scoring points, and Dak was looking amazing, and Zeke was doing a good job. I mean, they had their offense rolling, but they went – down to the big easy and it was super hard because that defense is something amazing we started with
0: the Texans so uh, but, but here's the deal you know with Teddy Bridgewater in the game you know that offense didn't do a lot and you got a couple of ex- possessions out of that because you know that if Drew Brees was in the game you know some of those drives would have been extended a little bit and you still couldn't couldn't do it and you look at and I said this early Ezekiel Elliott yeah he ate but there were empty calories because he only had 38 yards <laughs> on 15 carries. So, I mean, just right. not not a good day for him.
3: Right. And, I mean, it, it was like that across the league. I think, you know, once these games started rolling, there is a little bit of fatigue that sets in. I mean, you didn't really – most teams didn't play their guys during the preseason. And I think, you know, once the third and fourth week, you know, it kind of catches up with guys. And I think that's what we saw just NFL-wide. I mean – you know, do I think the the Cowboys are a paper champion? Yeah, I do because I don't believe in the Cowboys. I don't trust them. They're not any good, but they're going to be the best in their division. They're going to win their division probably going away and lose in the first or second round in the playoffs like they always do. And then all the Cowboys are going to be talking about how great they are and they're going to win it next year and we just need this one piece or that one piece. So, I mean, you know, get ready for it, but they're not going to make no real noise this year.
0: So, the Rams struggle, the Eagles struggle, the, well, the Eagles won on the road, but again, they, they haven't looked good. You Then you look at the the Rams, Cowboys, the other teams, Green Bay, all those teams struggle. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite to win the NFC now? I mean, again, it's still early in the season, but who you got?
3: Uh, I'm, I'm liking, I'm really liking how the Seahawks are looking. I mean, I know they're 3-1, but they've been looking pretty, uh,
0: in, in most of the games, they they
3: looked really, really good, even in the game they lost. Uh, it was a real close game, they lost by a field goal, so seahawks to me are looking amazing they have a lot of continuity uh russell wilson you know he's not hurt he's playing well um the rams i mean i always believe in that super bowl hangover once you go to the super bowl and you don't win it there's always a hangover so i i can't really trust the rams but i'm really liking the seahawks coming out of that that, that nfc west and, and out of the nfc as a whole
0: now you want to shift gears and look at the the afc south when you look at this situation this is like a lukewarm division. It's just a mediocre division. Everybody's two and two. They're, those games are horrible to watch generally. And you just never know who's going to show up. You think, okay, man, Jacoby Brissett is the man. And he lets you down. You think Deshaun Watson is doing his thing. He lets you down. You you hate on Marcus Mariota. Then he comes over with a big game. I mean, I, just, I can't figure him out. Mitchu they are competitive and, and they playing tough. But again, it's Minshew. He's trying to out Nick Foles, Nick Foles. And, and so he's trying to take over there. So I, I don't, I just don't know what to make of this division. You can't believe in the Texans. So, I mean, who do you have in this division?
3: I mean, I'm still going with the Texans. I think they have the overall talent. Um, over, again, overall, they're going to struggle. I mean, this, this division, I think a lot of people are going to sleep on it, just like you, because it's a it's a hard division. It's a, it's it's hard every single year, and people always discount the value and and discount the teams in that division, but. These teams can play. I mean, and so and but you uh, you have do have a lot of young quarterbacks, new quarterbacks, except for for the Texans and the and the Titans. Um, but you know, Marcus Mariota is always getting hurt. Uh, the other, you know, Andrew Luck is out. Uh, Nick Foles is out, and even Nick Foles was a new quarterback. So you don't have a lot of continuity on there. So these guys are kind of trying to figure it out. It's the same thing with the Texans. The Texans acquired a lot of guys late. And they're trying to incorporate that and trying to get you know stuff in order and their their lineups and their uh, personnel packages together and I think it's just kind of a struggle right now. We'll we'll see one team hit hit their stride about week eight, week nine, and I think then we can start seeing some separation and and who's who in that division.
0: And finally, I want to ask you about Vontez Burfict. He has been suspended for the year. <sighs> Just, now,
3: I think that's a three that's a california three strikes and you're out kind of rule I mean is perfect. I mean he even got a, a, a like a hard name you know what I mean like that's Vontez he got a like a prison tat name like just a tough <laughs> bontez Burfick, you know what I mean like nah you don't want to mess with B.B. you know and then he's a hard nosed linebacker he's dirty he hits people now, now this particular hit but- I don't think was that dirty. But, and I, again, I don't think he's going to be suspended for the whole year if the players union has any kind of backbone. So yeah, they're going can... to have
0: to fight for him. But here, here's what I, this is where my struggle is. This guy, maybe 20 years ago, 25 years ago, would have been as celebrated as Dick Buckus. I mean right. you talk about Deacon Jones you talk about uh, you know Dick bucket and again I know this is a far gone bygone era or whatever and, but he, he literally is on NFL films talking about how he and, and I, like in Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte the, to see a head rolling down the stage like he wants to, to decapitate somebody you hear and, and do I think they really wanted to hurt people uh, kind of but, but I'm just saying <laughs> this guy would have been celebrated now he, I mean and, and it's a tough thing but when you i mean i think it is more nuanced than people think because when you talk about a situation where you're trying to control violence and you want these guys to get right up on the edge to do everything they can do without going over. He's a he's a line stepper, <laughs> you know. <laughs> he's a line stepper. <laughs> yeah, he's a line stepper, you know. And so I don't know. I mean, I think yeah, it's easy to say he's the bad guy. He's just a horrible dude. He's a convict. He's just a- again, this
3: is this is not his. No, and I didn't say he's a bad dude. I didn't say he's a convict. I'm just saying his name just sounds tough. You know, he just seems like a tough guy, but. This is it's, it's, this is not his first go round. This is not his first rodeo. This is like his fifteenth. I mean, it's always issues with him. It's always had injuries with him, and he'll come out and say, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to change the way I play, and and that's it. And that's that's going to be his downfall. And yeah, I mean, it's a different era now. You get you have players suing the NFL for for liability and, and for for head injuries and for pensions and all that. I mean, they want to protect their bottom line. So they they are going to try to set an example with Vontaze. And he's honestly, he's the perfect candidate. I mean, because he is a habitual line stepper. He does this all the time. This is not nothing new. So I think they're going to try to make an example out of him, but I hope, Uh, that it gets reduced to six games or something like that
0: well i just hope that he gets coached up on how to respond to to these sorts of things well you know it's a lot that we can get into but we won't and i want to save the conversation about the new law in california about uh players being able to benefit from their likeness i want to get into that maybe even do a a special episode on that one i really want to delve into that but again any final thoughts from you before you get out of here I mean, I can't believe we're not going to talk about the
3: Shaq-Damian Lillard, Lillard beef, that rap beat that's going on with basketball preseason starting.
0: Well, see, I did, have, have okay, so I, I have not heard the clap back. Oh, come on. I mean, didn't it just drop today? I mean, didn't I it just know. like come out today? Maybe. I mean, but you got to stay up on it. Okay. Well, I'll catch up. I just Shaq and rapping. I just don't. I, I don't I don't I, there's so many things I don't like about Shaq, okay? I mean, I like a little bit of Shaq, but it's it's 80/20. <laughs> so, and I don't know why you why is, is your old ass involved in a rap beef? <laughs> well, he
3: talked to, you know, Damian Lillard said that rap, I mean, that Shaq wasn't a real rapper. And so Shaq came out and with a diss track showing that he is a real rapper. But he got smoked. You know what I mean as what as what, what happened with young guy when the old guy tries to take on a young guy you know this ain't the movies you're gonna get smoked bro and that's what happened but i want you to listen to it and tell me what you think actually why don't you put that on the weed of people see, see who people think won that that rap
0: battle. okay and you know what you know what else you finally have a way that people can get in touch with you and that is with an email address biscuit yeah. at wade's you have you have your own email address I'm super
3: excited about it, Devin. I, I'm going to send all my credit card bills to that to that email again. <laughs>
0: when well, you do that, that's fine. <laughs> and in the meantime, I'll check out the rap battle. Maybe we'll catch up with you Thursday or maybe next week, okay? All right, sounds good. I appreciate it. Well, we talked about the bad and the ugly. Now it's time to talk about who was nice. Not only nice, who was D-nice. That's nice. That's
1: nice.
0: That's
2: nice. That's nice. That's nice.
0: That's nice. This is where we recognize the players that got all the way off on Sunday in the NFL. Let's start with Nick Chubb, 165 yards and three touchdowns for the Cleveland Browns and a huge win over Baltimore, not to be outdone, running the rock, 225 yards, a career high for Leonard Fournette, a guy who the Silver Fox said was done, said he was over, he was done, 226 yards, Robert Woods. 13 receptions, 164 yards. Chris Godwin, 172 yards on 13 receptions. Cooper Cup, big time showing up in a game in a losing effort versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nine receptions, 121 yards and a touchdown. Godwin, I talked about 12 receptions, two touchdowns, 172 yards. Christian McCaffrey, 96 yards rushing, one touchdown, 10 receptions for 86 yards. You talk about super-duper fantasy numbers. He put in work. Jerry Goff, 517 yards and two touchdowns with three interceptions. I have to say that. He was nice, but three interceptions were not nice. And Jameis Winston, 385 yards, four touchdowns with one interception. And I'll tell you who was the D-nicest. It was Larry Fitzgerald surpassing Tony Gonzalez for second all-time in NFL receptions. The only guy in front of Larry Fitzgerald is Jerry Rice. So big time, big ups to my man Larry Fitzgerald. You are D-Nice. With that, going to take a time out after a word from Cobank Holmes and a conversation with M.K. Bauer, Morse Kapinda Bauer, to talk all things baseball, getting you geared up for the Major League Baseball playoffs and the Lamont Award. All that and more Briefcast 41, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on KTSURadio.com and anywhere you get your podcasts.
1: Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832 757 7950. That's 832 757 7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade.
0: As promised, joined now by Moiska Ben-DeBauer, a noted baseball writer and a guy who has uh, been uh, probably at 90% of the Astros games. Am I guessing high on that?
2: No, I think you're accurate there.
0: That's dedication, that's hard work, and that's uh, being good at your job. Well, you know what? I went back and I listened to your predictions the last time you were here, which was about a month ago, maybe, maybe around a month ago, a little bit more than a month ago. And you were spot on. You talked about the three-headed monster that was racing for two spots with uh, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, and Cleveland. And you kind of gave Minnesota the edge. You didn't think Tampa Bay was there, but you weren't quite sure. So how do you feel about your predictions? You were just about right.
2: I'm surprised that Cleveland fell back the way they did. I, look, I think if you take a 20,000-foot a view, the two biggest disappointments in baseball this season – are the two teams who played in the 2016 World Series, and that's Cleveland and the Cubs. Uh, Way too much talent, way too much infrastructure to be where they are now, and that's watching the postseason with the rest of us. I get that Cleveland moved off of Trevor Bauer midseason. I get that they had injury issues with their starting pitching, but they still had a lot of talent. They still had a lot of pitching. They still did things that that were indicative of a team that had the ability to do better than they did. And, and And I get... That Minnesota had a year that no one expected. I mean, people thought they would be better. to lead the majors on home runs with 307 was unexpected. But Cleveland's a huge disappointment. So when you kind of go back to your question about my prediction, looking at Cleveland, looking at Oakland, and looking at Tampa, I thought Cleveland is the most talented team of that that, that trio. I'm a little bit surprised they did not make the postseason.
0: You talked about the Cubs being a disappointment, Joe Madden gone. What happened to the Cubs? I mean, this came kind of out of nowhere for a lot of people, and it certainly seemed to surprise the brass in Chicago. What happened to, to the Cubs down the stretch?
2: You can't count your chickens before they hatch. I think the assumption was that the Cubs would be like the Astros and they won at World Series, and it was going to be two, three, four years of winning 100 games in a row, and that didn't materialize. Look, I think they're dealing there with some external pressures and maybe internal pressures that are a little bit ratcheted up compared to what Houston has going on here. It's the Cubs. But, again, a lot of talent, a lot of that pitching underperformed, a lot of that offensive talent underperformed in key spots for them. And when they came, came down to it, they had the season – on their home field against St. Louis and got swept in a four-game series. To me, that's a lot more in between the ears than anything else, when as poorly as they played for long stretches of the season, they still were very much in position to win that division and laid down and let St. Louis roll them at home. I'm not a big believer in blaming the manager for everything, but it seemed like Joe Maddon's time there had run its course in terms of connecting with those players and making the most out of the situation and I don't blame them for moving on. What's interesting to me is they talked about moving on for some of their key players. That's really intriguing, particularly if a guy like Chris Bryant, who is on a twenty-seven, who's a rookie of the year, who's the MVP, is available because people thought he'd been perform well in the clutch for them this season. If he's on the market, that changes the dynamic for a lot of different teams out there.
0: Will they go with Ross? As uh, I mean, that's the sort of the hot name. Is that something mm-hmm. that may happen for them, or is that so Is it too premature to know which direction they will go?
2: I don't know if it's too premature. I think it would be a mistake to give a first-time manager like David Ross that job. And I get that Aaron Boone had success, has had success with the Yankees. I get that Alex Cora has won a World Series in his first season with the Red Sox. I think those guys probably were better prepared to win than David Ross would be going into that situation with the Cubs. But obviously you can make an argument that it's equitable, that it's going to be essentially the same. I would like to see somebody who, not necessarily in Madden's mold, that can connect with players who have to experience, take that job. Because, again, if they don't move off of their roster, that's a really, really good team. And maybe some things just need to be tweaked and changed a little bit to kind of get them going back in the right direction. But I don't believe that squad needs wholesale changes, and I think the right manager would get them back to where they need to be, and that's among the best teams in the National League.
0: Well, yeah, it seems like the dominoes are falling. But I, and I want to get to that a little bit. But it is a difficult thing if you're a city like Chicago and the Cub fans – to make that it's no easy way to make a break from a guy that took you to a world series championship. I mean, I, I sort of equated to Rudy T, you know, it was, it, it was hard to kind of make that move because he, the city owed him so much. It was a tough, tough thing. And I I guess, I mean, it had to be done, but it, it's hard when somebody does so much for your, your city. And then, you know, it's time to move on. Like you said now with him leaving, how much did that play into Brad Ausmus being let go by the Angels after one year?
2: I think it played a lot into it. Like, you know, the, the scuttlebutt is that, you know, Madden has a home in Orange County. He's been out there before previously. He was, I think, interim manager right before they hired Mike, uh, Mike Socia. It seems like a good fit. I don't know what motivation, other than being in that spot, would, would push Madden to that role, that Angels roster. They have not been able to get that thing right for years. Their pitching is always terrible or injured or both. They can't find the right combination of players to put around. Obviously, the best player in the game of Mike Trout. And they've been spinning the wheels for many, many years. Look, look, as someone who's watched a ton of Astro games over the years, obviously, being in that ballpark, and who's seen every game that Mike Trout has played here for the Angels and can recognize his greatness is beyond anybody else playing right now, it's a shame How infrequently he's been in the postseason. This is a shame. I'm going to say squander an opportunity to to kind of showcase him to the rest of the nation. I don't know who the right manager is that's going to get them over the hump. I think, again, it's really more of a front office issue. They got to get better players in there and they got to hit on the right players to put around Trout. They got to get players, pitchers who aren't injury prone. They got to find a better way to build that roster to suit whoever's going to manage from a dugout. And it looks like it's going to be Madden. He should do a fine job there that's a tough division to go into right now when you look at where the Astros are, We you look at what Oakland is. At best, the Angels are going to be the third best team in that division.
0: Now, I want to go to the other coast and talk about Boston. Of course, Boston, always high expectations. Now, they have a couple of decisions to make. Mookie Betts is one of them. Uh, I mean, a lot of people say he's number two to Mike Trout as, as sort of the best, second-best baseball player in the game. What What do you say about the Boston Red Sox, Mookie Betts, and his future in Boston? I don't
2: understand the argument of Betts. Or JD Martinez. Look, if, if they're going to worry that much about salary, that's fine. I get that. But if that's a discussion, then there is no a discussion. A, a quality white right fielder, a younger player, a dynamic bat, a fantastic base runner has way more value than a 30 something designated hitter. And, and I don't get how we've gotten to the points where this is even a discussion or a debate or someone's weighing these two. Like Mookie Betts is far more valuable to them moving forward than what J.D. Martinez would be. And it's odd to me that this is even being discussed. It's odd to me that a team with the revenue streams of Boston is talking about pairing payroll. I get it. Like, you know, they won a World Series, and they flamed out this season. They're like Chicago. Maybe they the third most disappointing team in the majors this season. They flamed out, and you want to make some changes to see if you can get the right combination of personnel in there. I'm not sure pairing payroll does that, and I'm certainly not sure that getting rid of Mookie Betts who could be a central figure for your team for years to come, makes any sense whatsoever.
0: So let's get to the teams that did have success, that are having success. Let's talk about the NL playoffs. Uh, let's go ahead and go straight into your forecast. Huh? I mean, obviously it's Dodgers. It's the Dodgers. I mean, everybody knows it's Dodgers-Astros, and it's a 3 P for the Dodgers in the National League. Again, that's just on paper. But what could get in the way? What team could get in the way of the Dodgers getting back to the World Series in the National League?
2: I don't see it. To be honest with you, like, look, it's the postseason. Anything can happen. But they are so good top to bottom. Um, the power in that lineup, the ability to put the ball in play, their pitching, starting pitching depth. Their bullpen has been an issue, but they have so much depth in their starting pitching, so much power in their starting pitching, and their offensive prowess can cover up a lot of those warts. I'm a notorious Braves fan. I think the Nationals obviously have the starting pitching to compete. The Brewers are very plucky. St. Louis has a solid roster. They've built this season at Jack Clarity. There is developed into an extraordinary ace for them in the second half of the season. Top to bottom twenty five man roster. No one in the national. Actually-